Roethlisberger assures us it's not time to panic. And I have audio evidence of this assurance. We've lost two. We're facing some adversity, but we're not, we're not hitting the panic button. See? Don't panic. Don't panic. Well, you know what? I'm starting to get a sense for that with at least one facet of this miserable offense the Steelers are putting forth week in and week out. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is the newly reborn DK Sports Radio podcasting network. Back home from Orchard Park, New York, scene of the Steelers' 26-15 loss to the Bills. Six days from now, they'll be in Cincinnati. Monday night game against a Bengals team that no longer has Joe Burrow and no longer presents any reasonable threat to anybody. And as such, I worry that what you're going to see from the coaching staff in particular is an effort to resurrect stubbornly a running game that no longer exists. If I'm going to panic about anything, it's going to be about the running game. And by panic, I mean forget it. Just forget it. If this were week two or three of the NFL season and the Steelers were struggling to run, no, 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 wait, like week seven or eight and the Steelers were struggling to run, I'd be all for it, especially if you had seen signs to that point that the Steelers could run or could run block or could back safeties off the line of scrimmage so that even if you did run the ball well, they'd have somewhere to go. There'd be a second level. There isn't any such thing. None of these things looks to be in play. I hate to say that, but the fact of the matter is there are three weeks left in this regular season, after which the Steelers are going to face somebody who's competitive enough to have qualified for the AFC playoffs. And as such, the way the Steelers are going lately, and I'm not just talking about the two losses, I'm talking about the past five weeks. If you want to reach back even further to the debacle in Dallas, you can do that as well. They've been pretty bad for a disturbingly long period of time. If you want to straighten something out that's as significant as the running game, you're not going to do it in three weeks. You're not going to do it with Matt Filer having been placed on injured reserve yesterday. You're not going to do it with Kevin Dotson the player a lot of us wanted to get in there to see his good run blocking make a difference. Having the same injury as Filer, we'll see whether or not it's the same severity. He didn't go on IR, but that just might be a roster thing. You're not going to see it with Eric Ebron continuing to take snaps when he won't even be bothered to chip someone, let alone block someone on a running play. You're not going to see it when there's no daylight, or very little daylight, I should say, between James Conner and his backups, Benny Snell, Jalen Samuels, both of whom are way too slow to be NFL 
running backs in any feature form. You're not going to see it when Anthony McFarland is made inactive in Buffalo. Talk about an insult, being made inactive for a team that can't run the ball. That's rough, kid. And you're not going to see it because Ben Roethlisberger hasn't shown or Randy Feetner hasn't shown any inclination to throw downfield to try to push those safeties back and open up other holes. So what do you do? What do you do? You could go run and shoot. And for anybody who doesn't know what that means, that's a term that goes back to a, an offense that was created um, in the 80s, really. That's just a bunch of wide receivers and throw the ball left, throw the ball right, uh, reverse it here, reverse it there. Uh, go full-blown Matt Canada motion offense, jet sweeps, and just forget the running game. Just forget it. Just forget it. It's a waste of time, and more important, it's a waste of downs. You know, I, I saw uh, experts around the football world declaring that all the Steelers need to do is to commit themselves to the run. Just commit. Commit to the run. Uh, become dedicated to it. Stick with it. Get everybody in the habit of doing it. And then, you know, we're there in Buffalo, and Ben hands off once, no gain. Ben hands off on second down, one yard. What's well, third and nine? What are you going to do, run it again? This team was one for ten on third down conversions against the Bills. At what point were you going to commit to the run? And how much opportunity to win that game, to beat that team, did they lose by whatever level of commitment they did show to the run. To repeat here, the idea of being able to run is really, really nice. I just don't think this team can do it. I don't think it's in there. The pieces aren't there. If you're to the point with your offense where at some point in meetings last week on the south side, Mike Tomlin, Randy Feetner, whoever else would be in the offensive or coaches planning meetings, the early ones over the course of a week, and they say, you know what, this, this is the week we're going to unveil Jalen Samuels. I, I, you just, just give up, you know? Don't take that concept any further. All you're telling yourself by saying that is that we have no running game. I don't think Connor ran badly in Buffalo. But I did see Connor walking toward the tunnel, which is right below our press box, with the team doctor in the second quarter. And you want to talk about a familiar sight. James ran hard. He was breaking tackles as much as he could. He wasn't getting any holes either, but he was making the Bills pay for when they tried to tackle him up there at the line of scrimmage. And then he went off because that's what he does. He gets hurt all the time. 
So what are you going to do? You're going to commit to the run. You're going to have a really nice running performance against the Bengals who've already packed it in and then fool yourself into thinking that you have a running a game? Is that what's going to happen? What's that going to serve? What, what purpose will there be to that? Better to find out now what your other options are and seize those instead. Say what you want about the wide receivers and all their drops, particularly Deontay Johnson, but you at least have an idea of the ceiling that's there. All of these guys, everyone who dresses as a wide receiver for this team, has a higher ceiling than what they've shown on a consistent basis. So put your eggs there. Put your eggs there. If your quarterback either won't or can't throw downfield, then work out something that does work for these guys, for the receivers. Put in an offense. Oh, boy. I I hate to do this, but I'm going to do it. Do what the Ravens did. Now, it was a couple of years ago, and the Ravens had all summer long to figure it out, but the Ravens looked at the personnel that they had. They looked at the strengths and weaknesses of their offense, and specifically those of Lamar Jackson, and they said, you know what? We've got a team that is built to run. We've got weapons on our side that we feel can't be matched by anyone on the other side if we do this thing the way we want to. So they created for themselves, and you'll recall they bragged about it and referred to it as unstoppable and all this other stuff until eventually the Steelers, the Titans, and other teams did learn how to stop it. But for a while there, it was dominant. Ravens were putting up 300 yards a game on the ground. And because of that, even a terribly mediocre passer like Lamar Jackson was able to find some openings in his limited passing game and break some plays that way too. Figure something out that builds off existing strengths. There is not an entire offseason to do this. There's not even a month to do this and In the interim, there are preparations for important regular season games as it relates to winning the division, and far more important than that, getting good seating for the playoffs and winning in the playoffs. Now's the time to do that, though. Now's the time to do that. If you're going to go out there and beat Cincinnati, and you will because everyone beats Cincinnati, might as well do it in a way that showcases, that underscores, that builds up your strengths, your remaining strengths. That's not going to be the running game. Even if it is next Monday night, it won't be after that. Anybody who was fooled, for example, when uh, James Conner ran for 
183 yards on 13 carries in Jacksonville, and James was all defiant afterward. Oh, yeah, look at us. We can run the ball. Well, all he was doing was running around end and illustrating that Jacksonville has a terrible defense. If you do that again next Monday night, you're not doing anything. You're not achieving anything. Set up an offense that is built to this team's remaining strengths. Is the quarterback still good in tight quarters? Sure he is. Can he still occasionally hit something downfield? Yeah, occasionally. Can they run the ball? No. They can't. So, yeah, go ahead. Push that panic button right now and move on from the run and start getting real about what can be done toward contending again. When we come back, just one question. Just one question that's brought to you always by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg Garbett, Kelly and George. They represent people who've been hurt in car accidents, who need help with workers' comp, who filed medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG have been AV rated. That's the highest rating a law firm can receive for legal ability and ethics. And the lawyers at LGKG have been designated as super lawyers, capital S, capital L for over 15 years. That is a rare combination in that industry. LGKG has offices in Cranberry, Newcastle, Beaver Falls, Butler, and Elwood City. You can learn more about them online at lgkg.com or give them a shout at 888-842-5454. Today's just one question comes from Rick Gabler, who asks, am I just being hatefully biased or overly simplistic to dismiss these last two performances as a result of playing three games in 12 days. And he puts in parentheses, we can make it a two-parter by wondering if the injuries can be attributed to the same. Uh, Rick, there's always a detrimental effect when you play too many football games in too short a span of time. Uh, There's nobody in the league, not the toughest hombre around, who won't acknowledge that. They'll even acknowledge it within the span of a single Sunday to Thursday span. They really, really, really hate those. Three days is not enough time for the human body, even the most fit human body, to recover from a National Football League game. It's just not. You don't take the field at anywhere near 100%. Again, even if you are supremely fit and healthy. And at the same time, it's totally taboo to talk about it, much less complain about it. Mike Tomlin has a culture where it it can't even come up. Uh, People like me ask about it, and he just dismisses it. We do not care. Fact of the matter is, it does add up. It does add up. The Steelers, first and foremost, to me, on Sunday night in Orchard Park, looked like a tired slash beaten team. The most compelling evidence of that, I thought, 
didn't come with the offense, but with the defense. Two games in a row now between Washington and Buffalo, the Steelers' defense was absolutely wonderful in the first half. They closed up everything. They rushed the passer uh, with or without Bud Dupree and the other guys that they're missing. Uh, Cam Sutton stepped in for Joe Hayden and was nothing less than the best defensive player on the field for either side. But the second half came along and they ran out of gas and we saw Josh Allen throwing over the line of scrimmage when the pass rush was coming. We saw them finding Stephon Diggs, the Bills, again and again and again because that's what he does. He gets open. Allen looks for him, locks on, finds him and nails him with a bullet and Diggs does the rest as we saw. He is a tremendous player. But the Steelers' defense as a whole didn't have that extra oomph that they managed to manufacture in the first half. I will attribute that to the three games in the 12 days in addition to the injuries. When you're seeing Henry Mondo out there, who, by the way, was just completely jobbed on that roughing the passer call. But when you see Henry Mondo out there taking regular starting reps, you know, you're you're scraping. You're scraping. How much of the injuries and so forth has to do with three games in 12 days? Again, I'll say the same thing. The more games you play, the greater your chance of getting hurt. The more games you play in a tight time period it's exacerbated that much. You can find data to support this. Now, no one probably other than you, Rick, wants to hear this, <laughs> I'm guessing. Um, it all sounds like excuse-making and so forth, even though I'm not the team. I don't have anything to gain from making excuses for them. But it's also true. It's also true. What I'm hoping to see the rest of the way from the Steelers as it relates to not having a bye week, as it relates to the 12 days that they just went through. I really want to see this coach take his foot off the gas as it applies to practices. This week alone, you have a chance between now and next Monday with the extra day in there to let guys rest, recover, heal, re-energize, refocus mentally. And let them do that, and then let them go out and be their best selves Monday night in Cincinnati. That's the point that I can't make strenuously enough to swing back to what I was talking about in the opening segment. Figure out what you're best at, and then apply everything you've got to it. Everything you've got. Figure out what that is. Punt on the rest. Punt on the rest. That'll be a whole heck of a lot smarter than having Jordan Berry punt eight times for real, as we all got to see on Sunday night. Wow, this team. What, a, what an amazing season. Uh, to watch, to discuss, to debate, everything. It's just been incredible. 
It really has on both the good and the bad fronts. But I do believe that the Steelers have a chance to turn it around. They just need to not worry at this point about being complete. They just need to worry about doing whatever it is that they do best. And I'm with you, Rick. A couple more days off here and there from the head coach certainly won't hurt the process. Thanks so much for that. Good question. And thanks to everyone for listening. We'll have another one of these things tomorrow. career building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door. Your car. Your gym locker. Your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.